Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the Influence Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Monet. The Influence Podcast is a place where I sit down with influencers in the faith, entrepreneurs, and creatives to have combos about how they balance living life out loud on social media while walking with God. This is also a space where my friends and I will discuss certain cultural topics like dating, modesty, friendship, and sex, and how our faith has influenced the way we think about them. As we're going into the new year, thinking about how to best tackle our goals, lives, and things we want to accomplish, rest can oftentimes be put on the back burner. I want to encourage you to make rest a priority as we go into 2022. In this final episode of season four, I talked to creative entrepreneur and productivity queen, Timmy Komonibo, about the art of staying and the art of rest. For a whole calendar year, God told Timmy to go on a sabbatical with no titles, no roles, and stepping away from being somebody's boss. The goal, just to be with God. In this episode, we also dig into provision in the midst of an unfamiliar place, identity shifts and understanding who God has called you to be, recognizing cycles and rhythms of rest, and how rest is more than sleeping and self-care. Take a listen. Okay, so I am super excited for you to be on the podcast, Timmy. I feel like I've known you for so long, since 2017. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> you have taught me so much about just life, about school, about faith, all these different things. And even when I think about our relationship, it's so interesting because you were formerly my boss. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like we're friends. I don't know if I can like say that. I feel like that. Yeah, weird. I think we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wanted to invite you on to talk about rest because I think, and we'll talk about this a little later on, you going into a whole sabbatical year and doing yeah. that because I feel like a lot of people don't do that, or at least I don't hear about it unless you're like mm-hmm. a pastor or somebody in ministry and things like that. But yeah. you are just a normal, regular, schmegler, degular person. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, who did that? So I think that that's pretty cool. So if you want to just introduce yourself, that would be great. Yes. Uh, I think it's funny that you're, you introduced me as your former boss because at the time <laughs> you were in grad school and mm-hmm. I had a little bit of imposter syndrome that I was fighting through and I was over this big visitor center and I had all these responsibilities, but I was in burnout and mm. was rapidly feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can keep doing this type of work. Not that it was hard, but I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to show up in a certain way. And I remember just being like, ooh, this isn't a good fit. So to introduce myself, my name is Timmy Komunibo. And I, by day, I used to work in um, admissions. Now I'm in human resources um, as my nine to five. But outside of that, I have a fashion nonprofit. And I, I also have a life consultancy practice called The Pivot Strategist, which helps people get realigned with what God wants for them in their careers. So Why I feel like I can talk about this idea of rest is because I came from this background where I always thought that I needed to be high performing, always had to be on all the time. And I think you saw me in those elements um, working with me. And it was kind of funny because Brianna would be there with me when all the visitors would come into the office and there'd be this hustle and bustle and I'd be like, hi, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they would leave and I'd be like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) I identify as an ambivert, so I can be extroverted okay. when I need to, but there are times where I need to just go into my office and just recharge. So mm-hmm. that was such an on job. And I remember feeling very burnt out and saying, I need to leave immediately. 
And Mm. the Holy Spirit really dealt with me about that because typically if I feel like I need to leave, I can be very instinctual. Like, oh, my instincts say I need to leave. So I need to go. And the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit said, no, you need to stay and wouldn't let me leave until he gave me clearance. And so I was praying to God for the right time. Um, So I wanted to leave in the spring before the year that I actually left. God made me wait almost a whole calendar year before I I left. And in that time, he was teaching me not only um, the art of staying, but the art in just like resting in him as I stayed. So Mm -hmm. um, when I finally got to the point where I felt released by God to step away from my role to resign, I had done all the things that I needed to do. I handed the job over to the right people. I made sure all my students were taken care of and all those things. And so the Holy Spirit, um, my prayers, my conversations with God were more like, okay, it's time. You can go now. And so I was like, oh, great. I'm going into a new job. I'm going to go do something awesome. You know, you know me, I'm always building my resume and stuff. I said, you know, God, what do you want me to do next? He's like, um, you know, just go home and rest. I'm thinking, that's kind of weird. Okay. I was, I moved from upstate New York back to my hometown, Houston. And I forget how old I was. I must've been 28, something like that. And so, or 29. Yeah. Something like that. And um, I just felt like God said, go home and rest. And I was like, okay, I'm going to apply to jobs and like get a job soon. (laughs) And God was like, no, just rest, rest in my provision. And it it was a calendar year of just a sabbatical Mm -hmm of just sitting with God with no title, no um, role, being nobody's boss. And it really shook me because it shifted my identity, how I saw myself. All of a sudden there wasn't a title that gave me validation or external worth. I had to find the worth Mm. with who I was in God. And God is so gracious because when I would pray, God would remind me of who I was just at my core. Um, yeah. And would remind me, this is how I made you. This is your wiring. This is the function you have in the body. And I still want you to do those things, even if you don't have a former a formal job or position. So in that year of rest, I just spent time with God. I went on exploration trips around the city. I would go meet new people. I served at my church in home groups and small groups and things. And it was the first time in my life, if I'm honest, as an adult woman, where I wasn't responsible for anything or anyone per se. And the extra humbling part was that I moved home with my parents and I'm like (laughs) in my late twenties living with my my parents and just learning how to live with people again. And formerly I was living by myself. And so got close to my family and it really humbled me in a necessary way, but God made sure it didn't break me. It just humbled me, Mm -hmm. which I think was necessary. Awesome. So I think that that's great that God led you on that journey because I think a lot of us kind of get tied down to Mm -hmm. titles and what we do and allowing that to be our identity. I know I definitely work through that a lot. And so what were three, I guess like your top three lessons that you learned during that time? Yeah, um, the first lesson was more about like times and seasons. So I would say know your rest cycle. And Mm. for me, God has started showing me over the years that there's kind of a pattern of the way I work and that I'm the type that God will usually give me a hint that some big shift is coming and Mm -hmm. I get a check in my spirit to start preparing. Sometimes I don't know exactly what I'm preparing for. And the instruction might be as simple as, you know, start journaling more or start writing more or start making more YouTube videos. And so I will start to be obedient, not knowing exactly what I'm prepping for, but just knowing I'm in, in a season of preparation. 
And then I will go into the whatever project God opens up for me and I will be in running season. And I will just be running, throwing my everything, my whole effort into it. And then God will abruptly make me rest. And then I will prepare again and then I will run and then I will rest and then I will yeah. prepare again. And so it's a cycle. And I think for all of us, we need to know what our cycle is. And that's probably the first thing that I learned that, okay, there's a rhythm to this thing. And I first mm -hmm. felt really random, like, oh my gosh, why is my life like this? And then I started realizing, <laughs> oh, this happens literally every three years or so. And so I should start recognizing it and partnering with God to prepare for the cycle I, I know is coming. Um, the second thing I learned was that resting is trusting. When we rest, it means that we're trusting God to figure out the details. And it means that all of a sudden, it's not that you stop working altogether, but it's that you trust that God is using whatever little effort you make or whatever, whatever you can wrap your head around, he's using that um, in order to set you up. So I'm trusting in what I know about God. I trust in his nature and his track record with me. It's spotless. He's never let me down. So even though I don't know what I'm doing, I know the God that I'm doing this with. And mm -hmm. for me, something about being a doer and an overachiever type person, I used to equate resting to laziness. And I used to think to myself, oh, yeah. I'm not really doing anything. Like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> I should be ashamed of myself. And then I realized like, no, resting means that I'm trusting God. I don't feel like I have to be a busy body in order for things to be done. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the last lesson is really seeing rest as an opportunity for God to minister to you. Um, okay. As somebody who does a lot of ministry, um, I do worship at church or I'm, you know, leading a, a small group. Oftentimes I was in seasons where I was pouring out so much and I didn't realize how much of a toll it took on me. I enjoy pouring out. I love making community. I love being part of worship ministry, but there would be times where I would be almost empty because I hadn't refilled myself as I was pouring out. So when God is asking us to rest, sometimes he's saying, I want you to stop and I want you to be refilled, refueled by me. And the visual I get is Adam in the Garden of Eden, he went to sleep and God ministered to him and answered his heart's desire. That's when he had Eve, um, you know, produced out of his rib. It required him to rest and let the Lord minister to him. And I don't know what was happening in the garden, but I can imagine if Adam had been running around trying to prove himself saying, oh, I'm the chief tender of the garden. I can't stop and rest. Nothing's going to get done. <laughs> At some point in all of that doing, he might've missed out on the blessing of God stopping him and creating this life partner that his heart really desired. So yeah, those three things probably are the lessons that stick with me the most, that rest is so essential. And it's not necessarily just like sleeping or self-care. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just being still with the Lord um, just a few yeah. minutes out of your day to make sure you're still enough to hear him, you know? That's good. Um, I can definitely relate as someone who does a lot, who does mm -hmm. the most, <laughs> who yep. is an Enneagram three, um, yeah. the overachiever. So it's like taking that time is so necessary and so essential. And I know there's a lot of people who can also relate yeah. and who might not know where to start. You talked a little bit about a pattern, um, knowing your rest pattern. And so how did you discover that for yourself? I like to go back and reflect on things that went on in my life. So I do journal a lot. So I have started to see, I journal with a little composition notebook. And I started to notice that 
maybe every three months or so I was running through my journal. Like it would take me about three months to write through this journal, even if I didn't journal every single day. Yeah. And then I thought to myself like, oh, let me go back and see what was going on. And I'd look at my thoughts. I'd look at the prayers that I was praying and then started to realize like, oh, there was a season where I was seeking God very seriously about a certain thing. Mm -hmm. And then a subsequent uh, season where he would give me very explicit answers or directions or promptings, and then I would launch into that thing. So I think Mm -hmm. for me, how I figured that out was just a lot of reflection, just going back, even if you're not a journaling type, even looking at your calendar and starting to see like, oh, a year ago today, I was starting a new job for the first time, or I was starting this new relationship. I met this person, I tried this new project. And I used to think things are so random, but I realized in the kingdom of God, God is so attentive to us that everything is intentional, you know, that he's not just like, oh, I suppose I could do this. A friend of mine said, nothing ever occurs to God. You know, he's never like, Mm. oh, that could work out really well. All along, (laughs) God was doing all these things, working them out for your good. And once we realize that, it's almost like we have a special vision now that we are we are looking out for those moments where we say, oh, okay, I'm noticing a theme here. It's not a pattern, a theme mm-hmm. in your life. Gotcha. So like how far are you post-sabbatical? Great question. I just finished my one-year anniversary at my new job. So I guess I'm a year and three months out of my sabbatical. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So what have you applied that you learned in your sabbatical season to, you know, your life now? So like I mentioned, and kind of like what you said, I was a busybody type person. Mm-hmm. I just always had to, like, oh, I need to be running around. I think that God was so kind to me in making me have a sabbatical to slow down because right after my sabbatical is when the pandemic hit. And if I hadn't learned how to sit down, I would have been going up the wall and just been (laughs) so restless. I had a naturally restless spirit that the Lord really had to cure Mm -hmm. me of. But so I took that restfulness into um, this new season of my life and feeling like Mm -hmm. I knew who I was. I knew what my identity was. So my job didn't define me. And it's helpful because I've actually in this one role, they've changed my title like two or three times. And I've had three different managers. Yeah. So if I had my identity in my role, I would be just so dizzy, like, oh, what am I doing? (laughs) But my my understanding of work now is so different because Mm -hmm. in the sabbatical, God kept impressing on me that he wants to do things on the earth. There are projects, there are initiatives that need to be done, but they won't get done until people of God get in place and decide to be God's hands and feet. So God started showing me that our jobs are us being positioned to be God's hands and feet. So it helped me have a better, a healthier attachment to my job. So I'm attentive to the work that I do, but it's not defining me. Instead, I see it like in this season of my life, this is my assignment and I get to show up and I I get to represent God in this place. So there are times where I'm like, I don't love this assignment, (laughs) but it's not my identity. It's not my all in all, it's an assignment. And it helps me on days where it's hard to do. It helps me to be a better steward because I can mm-hmm. think about the fact that God intentionally planted me here. So there must be some assignment that I am uniquely equipped to do. So that's one of the most helpful things to me, I think. That's good. 
So I can already foresee people listening to this and being like, how did you even sustain yourself throughout oh. this sabbatical? <laughs> so let for me, the practical people, you. like, what yeah. is that? Because you weren't working, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, like, people will probably look at that and be like, okay, but how did you even live life? Like, you're I an know, adult, you're Carry not in the <laughs> Yep. I hear you. Okay, I'll, I'll let you all know. So let me not make it long-winded. I, so I, mm-hmm. it, long and short of it is that I was debt-free. And okay. I went into grad school. Um, I had some student loan debt um, right after graduate school, but I am pretty thrifty. And I paid off my loans very aggressively because I always wanted to have freedom mm-hmm. to um, just to do whatever I felt called to do. And I didn't ever want to get so tied to a job or a situation that I couldn't walk away. So I, after I got debt free, I made a fund that was like a walk away fund. I had this, I don't know, unsettledness in my spirit living in upstate New York after a while that like, "Mm, this isn't the final destination. I should be leaving soon. And I knew I wanted to leave, but I wanted to have enough cushion that if I left, I wouldn't feel desperate that I would just take any job. I wanted to be really strategic and transition into the right role so that I didn't have to have a job for desperation. So yes, um, I paid off $30,000 in student loan debt and then I started building my savings. So I wanna say I had maybe about 20 something thousand in savings that I was oh, wow. I had as my walk away money. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, I'm adventurous and I like a challenge but my sabbatical was actually well more, way more thought out than, um, than it appears to to everybody else from the outside they're like you just quit your job like "Mm, i waited a year and i saved money and i actually uh, lived with a friend who bought a house so i was helping her with her mortgage and so my rent was much lower so many practical things that literally it was god just nudging me like hey you might want to change your apartment you might want to adjust these things i didn't know what was on the horizon but like i said with my cycle with god i knew i was in a preparation season and i didn't know what i was prepping for but I knew that I would be transitioning very soon. So I prepped, mm-hmm. not knowing what I was prepping for. Then I ran, I got burnt out, and then I rested for a year. And I just, looking back, I can see God's hand in the whole thing. At the time, I had no idea what was happening. It felt like whiplash when I finally got to my sabbatical. Right. I think that part of the sabbatical was so long. I had a little bit of trauma, actually, from how hard that season was for me. And God mm-hmm. knew I needed some time to rest. So. Like you're saying, like rest is so important and even how God kind of had to force you to rest. And Isn't so it Isn't it sad? <laughs> I wouldn't have done it by myself. He had to really force me. It's it's crazy. It's like why do we need to be told to mm-hmm. rest when it yeah. it should come so naturally? Like look at babies. Babies just sleep yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like why can't why can't we be like that? Yeah. And the thing is though. If we, the more and more we know ourselves, we can sense the times when our bodies are, and our, even our spirit is telling us, like, you need to rest. Mm-hmm. You know, like things that we used to love, we don't find value in them, or we're being more uh, irritable than we usually are, or we start, mm-hmm. you know, craving for something else. And those, those are just some examples of signs, but I think sometimes in our culture, there's this hustle, hustle, hustle. Like you have to make sure that people know that you're here doing things. And that was one of the great things about the sabbatical is that it cured me of the hustle mentality at all. Like I don't have any of it in me. I have nothing to prove. My only competition, I suppose, is 
you know, me thinking about who God says I am and trying to live up to that person. But nobody else knows my calling. Um, I heard someone say your calling wasn't a conference call. So nobody knows, but you and God, you know, it's a private (laughs) conversation. And so I know what God has said of me and what he, not even what he expects of me or what he's leading me to. And Mm -hmm. so I can expect that he's going to take me there incrementally. It's not going to happen overnight and I have to be patient with myself and the journey. Absolutely. So in that, I guess, why do you think people aren't getting as much rest as they need to get, whatever that might look like for them? Because rest can be a whole bunch of different things to different people. Yeah, I think we, as a society, we're constantly trying to prove our worthiness. We're trying Mm -hmm. to prove that we're worthy of the space that we take up. And it's really heartbreaking when, when I think about it, because if we knew how highly God valued us, we wouldn't try so hard to make other people be convinced. If we knew that God was madly in love with us and as we are, he's like, oh, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I know your form. I made it myself. I know it well. Um, And if we kept that in our minds, we would just say, okay, I just need to meet God where he is rather, or, you know, God is meeting me where I am. It's not necessarily that I'm competing with this influencer version of what people think I ought to be. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's that part. We're trying to prove our worthiness. And then also we're competing with our contemporaries and we're comparing our day ones with their day 368, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we don't know. I always think about how even when I see a person that's highly successful, we don't know what that costs them. And for some of us, we don't actually want to pay that price. Anointing is expensive. Calling is costly. And many times people want to skip the very dark parts that lead to breakthrough but like no like those those are the parts that really shape your character because if you get to that promise without having the good character you'll lose all of it so yeah i think that's one of the things that sometimes we lose sight of the big picture and how everything is a process that god Mm -hmm. is using for our good Awesome. So how would you say that we can incorporate elements of rest into our everyday lives, no matter our lifestyle or stage of life? I would say first explore what rest feels like to you, what rest is actually enjoyable to you. Um, I tried yoga for a little bit and I'm like, oh, no, like (laughs) I like the idea of stretching it's cool, whatever. Some people feel really restful when they do a really hard workout and then they sleep Mm -hmm. really well at night. I don't like, I feel like my body's (laughs) under attack. I do not enjoy it. Um, So a nice walk in the park is nice for me. Like in the mornings, I started walking in the park and, you know, I'll put my headphones in and pray and walk at the same time. And I've Mm -hmm. just found that that is such a restful way to start my day And I thought when the Holy Spirit kept telling me, you need to rest, 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 I thought he meant take naps. And I was like, that's (laughs) so boring. And just the way that my relationship works with God, I actually don't sleep a whole lot. I get woken up in the the very wee hours of the morning to pray or to talk to God. And so I was like, God, how am I supposed to be sleeping if you're waking me (laughs) up at like 3 a.m.? And so I realized it's not necessarily sleeping, but it's being in this contented place where I said earlier, rest is trusting, this state mm-hmm. of mind where you're trusting God that all the things that he has for you will come to you and that your heart and your spirit will be ready to receive it. And mm-hmm. I think any activity that makes you in that place of rest, that's the activity that you should pursue as your practice of rest. 
so in the Bible, one of the first things, if not the first thing, that God is described as is creator. And so mm-hmm. he created everything, and which includes rest. And yeah. so what is your biggest mindset shift that you've had since realizing the importance of rest? Yeah. So first of all, I'm delighted that you identified God as creator. Like that's one of my favorite identities of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably my biggest mind shift too. That yes, God is God the Father, but God is a creator. Right. So I think about him like the graphic designers, the photographers, the podcasters, like God, we're one of God's people. Like that's yeah. he's with us, you know, making things. And even this great creator, after all this time making all these great things, was like, oh, I need to take a break. I need to right. rest. <laughs> and if God, the creator, felt it necessary after creating an entire universe to rest, then who are we that we can't do the same, you know? And so when we create, we look the most like our father, but we also look like our father when we're at rest. So for me, I just love that fact that God modeled that for us, that we have this example that you can still be very productive. You can do some yeah. great things and rest can be a part of it. Um, and so I used to not really observe the Sabbath, but I started really taking it more seriously and, and making the Sabbath more of a time where I get to reflect and just be grateful for all that God has done in my week, but also keep it free of obligation. That was one of the things that used to bog me down and, and rob me of my rest because mm-hmm. I thought to myself, oh, this person expects me to be there or, you know, this thing uh, I, I overpromised. And all of a sudden now I, I don't feel like I want to go. The ambivert in me is like, ah, <laughs> I wanted to go at the time. And now I'm like, eh, no, I don't think so. So I think for me, I have to just realize that it's, it's okay to be in the Sabbath and say, this is going to be a day free of obligation. Instead, I ask yeah. God, what does rest look like, me, like for me today? Um, what mm, can I do? Really how, you know, like, how can we meet today? And sometimes it's just as simple as, you know, listening to music, or even if you're cleaning your house and just mm-hmm. talking to God. I do a lot of self-talk, so I'm talking out loud and praying, which probably sounds very strange if someone's <laughs> overhearing, but it's just me and God, we're chilling, we're talking. Um, so I think, yeah, we look like God when we create and we look like God when we rest. Absolutely. And so for you, after the hustle and bustle, after a long week or a stressful day, what is your favorite way to rest? I still really do like a nice walk. This is so strange, but I also like to go to the grocery store. <laughs> Maybe it's a pandemic thing that it's just gotten worse. I love to people watch. Okay. So I feel like the grocery store is where you meet the, the most different types of people. So parks, grocery store, any place where people are just walking around. But I love to be around people outside, um, farmers mm-hmm. markets, those types of places um, where nothing is really expected of me, but I'm amongst people. Um, the same could be said for going to church, you know, just mm-hmm. being um, around people. And sometimes I forget how much people energize me and how much yeah. I really enjoy just know, just seeing how people are so different and they have so many different interests. So I think that's a very simple way for me to unwind, just walk around and observe and be in the gotcha. background, not do too much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, like, when you were describing it, I was like, that's definitely the extrovert in you, because that, I would not enjoy that. <laughs> I'm not necessarily, no, if I'm the farmer's market, I'm asking them, like, so what what season are we in for this fruit? Or like, okay, how did you grow? <laughs> I don't know. It is the extroverted side coming out in that regard. But other <laughs> days, I just, you know, hang out, watch people, you know, it's cool. 
That's real. I love that. So what was the biggest question you got about your sabbatical year? So I think the biggest question I would get was when I did interviews and people were kind of asking me, and I think maybe that's probably people's concern about going on a sabbatical. Will people think, oh, you know, what was wrong with her? My internal reason was that there was a burnout situation and I did need to take time to rest. But the more professional answer that I gave that is also very truthful is that I knew I wanted to shift into a different industry. So I had to take time to take stock and to make a very um, intentional shift. So it, yeah. it needed some time. So I did get a lot of questions like, why did you, to them, it looked like, why did you quit your job <laughs> and not work for a year and then right. come back into a totally different job um, industry? So I knew it looked very wild on paper. Mm-hmm. But I also knew the God who instructed me to do it that way. Right. So I felt like I didn't need to over explain myself. So I just simply mm-hmm. said, yeah, I, I knew I wanted to do a shift. So I took some time to do the necessary preparation. And now here I am. And that was it. <laughs> they thought they were going to get more out of me. It's like, I'm not going to say I had a mental breakdown. It's like, no, right. I didn't. I just, I needed some time to make a shift and I did. And here I am. So I think people were really baffled. I think they also wanted to ask me, how could you afford it? But like I explained to you with my my budgeting and being debt free, mm-hmm. honestly, if I can make a plug for that, I know that not everyone can be debt free, but sometimes yeah. people, especially in a pandemic, we're having to reprioritize our finances. Mm-hmm. There's something, a, a sort of freedom that you have when you know you're not beholden to a certain place just because of the paycheck that you get. Um, and so the sabbatical really spoiled me because I'm like, do I even want to work for real? Like, <laughs> do I want to retire early? Because that was kind of cool. So I have a friend who just like moved to Mexico. I'm like, I'm like, oh, wow. into that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in this place now where I'm like, there's so much freedom. First of all, freedom that you have in Christ and knowing that um, he really orders our steps and we have favor. I think it's Pastor Mark Batterson that says, we know God and God knows everyone. So we're one degree of separation from everyone in the world, which is such an abundance way of looking at things. So I really have this mindset that if there's something that we're meant to do, there's a connection out there for us and God can facilitate Mm -hmm. it. So my mind is more open to what God can do in my life and to my career. And I don't limit myself like I think maybe the average person would. And God has really helped me with, you know, being debt free. But I think it was a mindset shift that's really freeing me up to start thinking about new possibilities for my life and what it looks like moving forward. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question that I ask to everyone on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it is, what have you been influenced by lately? It could be a scripture, a book, a person, literally anything. Yeah. Um, what have I been influenced by? I wish I had the name of this book off the top of my head, but there's this boundaries book that I'm reading. Oh, by Henry Cloud? No, it's this newer one. Oh gosh. I don't know. I don't remember. I try to pick it up before we talk. So let me just say that it's, it's about boundaries. I'm being really influenced by books. The author's first name is Nedra, but it's a book about boundaries. And as a recovering people pleaser, I'm constantly (laughs) trying to figure out how to have boundaries and, really assert them in a way that is kind and also healthy because I didn't realize that sometimes when I didn't put boundaries and say them out loud, people would step on my boundaries and then there would be a sort of resentment that I would feel 
and they wouldn't know that they had overstepped the boundary, but I was feeling terrible about the interaction or about the relationship. And so I started to realize that enforcing a boundary and stating it out loud is actually a helpful thing to do. And it yeah. can be very beneficial for uh, relationships. So that has been helpful to me. And even having a book or a series of books that I can refer to with examples, that's been really helpful for me because as my family is growing and my obligations are growing, I have to be able to say, hey, this is not a season in my life where I can do that, or that's not an expectation that I can meet. So. That's good. That's really, really good. Awesome. Well, Timmy, if you could plug yourself, tell people where to find you on the socials, that'll be great. Okay. So I made it very easy. You can find me <laughs> everywhere under Timmy Como, T-I-M-I-K-O-M-O. That is my handle on Instagram, on Twitter. My website is timmycomo.com. You can find me on my YouTube channel, which is Timmy Como as well. And yes, if you ever Google Timmy Como, it's going to be me. <laughs> Try to make it the easy. SEO popping. Everything uh-huh. is uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, I have one, one last thing I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Okay, the thing that's influenced me the most, probably other than that book that I mentioned, the thing that's influenced me the most has been thinking about my life in quarters. I started working at this nonprofit and they are very big into quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, and quarter four. And then I realized once again, the thing about God showing you the rhythms of your life. So I realized I wanted to treat all of my priorities in quarters to say this quarter, I'm only taking three projects. And so I would take those three projects and I would finish them and not accept any additional projects, big projects, because I knew that Sometimes I would just get so overly ambitious and overload myself. However, if I finish my three projects, I have a sense of accomplishment and fulfillment in the work that I do. And if there's leftover time, I can rest. But for me, that's been helpful with my boundaries because I can enforce the boundaries to say, hey, I'd love to prioritize this project with you in this season. Like, let's let's uh, schedule it for a quarter one of next year. Great. It's on the right. calendar. I can really stick to that. And then also I can put in time for vacation to say in quarter three, I must go on vacation. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, my year just used to be very random. And now it's a little <laughs> more strategic where I can say, yeah. hey, I have these three quarters, these four quarters and three projects for every quarter. And I can really focus. And by the end of the year, I can look back, hey, this is what I accomplished and have more of a plan rather than stumbling into creativity or projects and mm-hmm. things like that. Wow, mm-hmm. that's really good. I never thought about that me neither until this year and I was like "Ooh, this could be a game changer (laughs) Timmy you're literally the queen of productivity hacks I'm just like I don't know how you do all of it how you come up with all this stuff it's God he knew like (laughs) if there's not a system it's not gonna get done you're right (laughs) you're right so so true Well, thank you for being a guest. I really appreciated talking to you about rest. It was so insightful. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Your podcast is amazing. You have great conversations. So I'm glad to be in the mix. That's it for this episode of the Influence Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to use hashtag InfluencePod when talking about the podcast on social media. Give us a rate and follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the Brianna Monet. Until next time, deuces.